Welcome to Beyond the Walls with Pastor Israel Rodriguez, and I'm Tim Flaherty, the Christian talk radio show that goes beyond the surface level to explore the deeper truths of faith. Join us as we journey together into the heart of God's love and discover the power of faith to transform our lives. And we're back with another week of Beyond the Walls. I am Tim Flaherty, your co-host with my friend and partner in crime here. No, not crime, ministry. Well, you can call it crime too because we do certain things, you know, the way that Jesus would do it. And uh, Jesus was questioned about his style and his ways. But anyways, we're here. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Treasure Valley. Israel Rodriguez, here to serve you. And who do we have with us today, Pastor? We have Pastor Edgar Nunez de Guatemala, from Guatemala to the world. Welcome, Edgar, to the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, it's always a pleasure to connect with you and to hang out with you and Lester Villatoro. And uh, both of you from Grace Bible Church in Nampa. Así es, that's right. Yes, and uh, we're going to be kind of bilingual today, you know, switching back and forth, uh, Timmy, with your R's and your Spanish words, you know, so our audience is welcome to enjoy this show today, bilingual Spanish-English Spanglish show today, and uh, we're going to have them for the next uh, three weeks, Timmy. Yeah, a couple of episodes. We're going to get to know all about Lester and Pastor Edgar Nunez. We're going to get to hear about what brought them into the ministry and how they grew up. And then, of course, their current ministry outside the walls of the church, beyond the walls, which is going to be really, I think, interesting to hear. I've learned just a little bit before we got on the air, and I, I can't wait to really dive into it a little bit more, but... You know, as we as we do, we like to start the week off with a question. And so I'm going to just pose this question because the pastor here uh, just told us before we got on there that they have a counseling center in Nampa. And I think that uh, mental health is a hot button issue nowadays and we're always talking about it and, you know, helping people you know, recover from some trauma or their, you know, childhood or something that happened to them. Pastor, what does the Bible tell us about counseling? What, uh, what do you think in biblical times? I mean, did they, did they have psychiatrists? Did you go and lay on a couch and, and tell some guy, you know, oh, these are all my problems. Help me fix them. What, what do we know? Yes, in the Old Testament, we see how the Lord spoke to uh, his people through the prophets, to the chosen ones, the, the appointed people. And what it was said, it was meant to happen. It was meant to be. We had certain instructions how people were to proceed, you know, in life and how to obey certain commandments and instructions. So they will do good and they will live a, a, a good life. When it comes to the point of uh, instruction and godly counsel in the Bible says that in the abundance of good counsel, there is wisdom, mm. there is life. So the point that we're talking about here is 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 not where to seek for this, but where do we get this from? What is the source that we're getting counseling from? Is it uh, found in the scriptures? Is it uh, rooted in the word of God, or is it just mere things that is just touching your emotions? We we, we want this to be an overall healing aspect of the human being, not just touching your your, your emotional parts. Because I believe that uh, a dual-minded person, you know, can be blown away from one place to the other every day and controlled by, if they're only controlled by their emotions. So where do we find the counsel, number one? Is it, is it biblically, biblically rooted to the principle of God's word? That's what's more, more important when you are seeking for counsel. 
Pastor, what do you say about counseling and and did did people in biblical times did they have you know a counselor that they would go to like we have today or what do you, what do you say? For sure, they went to the elders. For sure, they went to the prophets. For sure, they went to the priest and asked for wisdom mm-hmm. and asked for some recommendations how to deal with their own emotions and feelings mm. for sure but i don't think the concept of psychology that we know today was no in the in the bible in, the, in, those, in those times mm-hmm. today we have at least three categories so three different kind of counseling you have the clinical counseling which is doing by psychologists psychiatrics and everything related with that the other one is christian counseling which is Christian doing with the, the secular secular segment of the psychology does, and this is the biblical counseling, which is a concept of probably with 28 years in the market, for say. Uh, biblical counseling, uh, the big difference between one and the other is that biblical counseling look for transformation, and instead just entertain the traumas or the bad feelings or the bad experience. Right. Yeah, you use the term, the, you say lay down on the couch, you know. Uh, we don't do that because we don't want to people just put it out, everything, but with no solutions. Mm-hmm. And that's why the, the Bible is 100% our book that we use every time. And if you see... For example, in the book of Psalms, there is four books on, uh, are all in the, the book of Psalms. 70% of that there is very emotional. It's emotional feelings, uh, circumstances that they just happens in his life and he put out his, his to cry out to God for healing, for understanding, right. you know. Lester, what do you think? Well, to be honest with you, um, this whole counseling thing is, is new to me. In my work with God, this was unknown in the churches I was brought up to. So um, there is a huge need of this. You can even see uh, in Scripture uh, people approaching Jesus asking, what should I do? Mm-hmm. Always asking for questions, always putting the situations out there. And um, like the pastors were saying, we need the instruction of Scripture and we'll find the answers we're looking for there and the healing that we need. I think that's great. We'll be right back. The Estegos.org Community Warehouse is a powerful tool for churches, nonprofits, and schools to get the items they need at a fraction of the cost. Most items are available up to 90% off retail prices. Membership to Estegos.org Community Warehouse is free and takes just a few minutes to sign up online at Estegos.org. To learn more about how your church, nonprofit, or school can start saving money, go to estegos.org. And we're back again with Beyond the Walls, and I'm Tim Flaherty. We have Pastor Israel Rodriguez with us today. Yes, I'm here, and we have Pastor Edgar Nunez and Lester Villatoro from Grace Bible. And uh, interesting that back in 2019, uh, while sipping a cup of coffee, Edgar walked in this coffee shop, and he heard about this meeting that was going to take place uh, in preparation for the Harvest Crusade with Pastor Greg Laurie. And uh, he simply asked, you know, can I join that meeting? And that's how we met, you know. And uh, from that time, 2019, we've been spending time together and uh, just 
doing what the Lord asked us to do, you know. So, Edgar, welcome, and good to have you, you here with us. And Edgar is from Guatemala, and uh, yes, uh, my understanding is Guatemala is the most populous country in Central America. It is true. And uh, we have you here with us in the Treasure Valley. So, would you yes. please share a little bit about your experience? Because and your I, I hear you will be here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Pastor, how did you grow up? Well, I didn't grow up too too much. I'm just very short people, <laughs> a very a very short guy. Now, how I grew up? I am from Guatemala, from one place named Quetzaltenango. My childhood, my mom was a teacher, my dad was a truck driver owner of one company of truck driver, and my mom and my dad divorced when I I was around four. The same time, my dad tried to kill me because he was an alcoholic and very crazy man. And a big trauma in that time for me. I didn't notice until I was very old man. And my I grew up with my grandma, my mom's mom. And after my mom divorced, he, she remarried with another teacher. Mm-hmm. And we are in total. We were in total four, three girls and me. Uh, my sister Teresa passed away almost four years ago, and I have two other sisters alive in Guatemala. When you were a kid living in Guatemala, did you dream of coming to the United States? No, never, sir. So, I, so what was your dream as a young man when you were a child? What were you thinking that you were going to do with your life? I wanted to be an architect. Okay. Because I like to draw, I like to, yeah, I like that that thing. And what was your what was t- tell me a little bit about your schooling growing up? How did your mom was a teacher, so you went to school? But tell us a little bit about your school and how that. Yeah, happened. I went to the school, the private school, for a while. After my mom died, nobody can have the money to pay for my education, and I have to go back go to the public education system. And after after middle school, I applied for a scholarship, and I, that allowed me to move from my town to the city to study electric, electric, electricity. Mm-hmm. I am technician in electricity, and and I that was my high school, mm-hmm. and I also have a diploma for uh, science in in Guatemala after my high school. So when when how old were you when your mom passed away? I was eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then when what age do you go into middle school in in your country? I don't remember. Probably ten, eleven. Okay. Yeah. So just a few years after your mom passed away, and then you how old were you when you moved to the city to go to your? Uh, I was sixteen years old. Sixteen. Yeah, and I moved to Guatemala City. Living by myself in one house, I rent up a room and I attend the school. And but in that time, I already I already was addicted to drugs. Okay, I started using drugs when I was around twelve years old, and I started smoking when I was around ten. My grandma smoked a lot, and many people in my house who they smoke. But I I started using drugs when I was twelve. And that was until I met Jesus when I was 24. Wow. And tell us how that that transformation took place. 
was very, I don't know, I don't want to cry, but nobody will see me cry anyways. Yeah, we're not on TV, Ed. Yeah. Just cry all you want. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. No, um, I was, I grew up a very violent man. I like to fight. I like to prognosis and everything. And one time I was very drunk in Mexico in one city named Itapachula. And one federal officer stopped me and I fight against him. And I disarm him and I almost kill him with his own arm. And after that, they caught me and I went to jail. And I was in jail when somebody told me that Jesus loves me. Mm-hmm. And I that was something that impressed my inside. And I was very, very desperate for hope, I believe. Very desperate for for healing. Very desperate for acceptance and when this guy in jail told me about Jesus I opened my eyes probably this is something that I can explode and after I get released from jail my sentence will be 48 years in jail but they dismissed me because part of the accusations were exaggerated I just was drunk and he provoked us and you know I think the Lord Operating that may, in that time, a miracle that I never an, a, acknowledged as a miracle until I become Christian. Mm-hmm. And I was um, walking in, in my my in Guatemala City one day when I met. I found my drug dealer, my former drug dealer, and he told me he loves me. And I get very, uh, very surprised because in Guatemala you don't say to another man, "I love you." No, not even in Venezuela. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> not even in America. <laughs> it's a Latino thing, man. You know, and I get very, very scared, very surprised, and I say, "No, no, 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 no. I am not going in that way." You and I, we were friends and everything, but no, he says, "Let me explain you. I love you in the love of Jesus." And he says, "You know, Jesus loves you, and you need Jesus." And for almost. 14 days, every night when I come back from my job, I I found this guy in the park. And the same message all the time, you know, you need Jesus, Jesus loves you, you need to repent. You know, you, and he was transformed by the gospel. And one day I was very tired to listen to him. You know, I says, what do I need to do? And he said, just pray after me. And I pray a prayer. But because I I was very tired of this guy. I thought praying that prayer, uh, that he would disappear in my life. But what happened was every night before I went to bed, I had to take volume to sleep for many years. But that night, specifically that night, June 15, 1982, I slept with no drugs, with no pills, nothing. After that prayer that I didn't want to do, I slept as a baby. And the next day, I wake up around 7 a.m. And I found myself under the shower crying and crying and crying and crying as a baby. As a, and I called this guy and I said, you know, Romeo, what's going on? I cannot stop crying. And he says, oh, no worry. This is the Holy Spirit. 
And I said, what is the Holy Spirit? What is that? And I didn't know nothing. In the very, in this very same day, I took my paraphernalia and my drugs, and you know, I tossed it in the garbage. And that happened 40 years ago, and you know, I am clean from, from that day. Praise God, you know, transformational power unto salvation for he who believed, you know, a prayer and just putting your trust in him, and then yep. you, you experience that gift of uh, salvation, yep. eternal yep. life, you know, and hope. Yeah, for 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 the better future. What was the next thing that happened to you? Did you, I mean, you didn't just at, then at 24 decide now I'm going to the United States to become a pastor. So, give us a little bit more of the next stage of the journey. Yeah, what's very interesting because I want to pursue the career of an architect, and I went to college to start the, my semester, but uh, at church they were asking for a volunteer to drive a truck from Guatemala City to Nevaj, which is a city in the north of Guatemala when the civil war was happening, and nobody wanted to to go there. And I was young. I was very, very enthusiastic. And then my first love with Jesus, and I said, I can go, and I drive this, this truck over there. But I didn't know what God has in plan, He has in mind for me to meet people in that place that they love Jesus. A lot of Americans, European people helping to reconstruct Guatemala was devastated by the guerrilla and the army. It was a civil war that lasts almost 30 years. And I was over there in that place, and I fell in love to serve others. I just wanted to to give myself to others. Don't, I don't know, I cannot explain very well that, but for one day for another, I didn't want it to live by, to my, for, for, for me. I want to live for others. And I start reading the Bible. One guy, his name is Paul Towson. He lives here in, 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 in Caldwell. Uh, I believe you know him. He goes to the Flat Church, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. This guy was a translator of the scripture in Guatemala, and he started teaching me how to read my Bible. He gave me some tips, and he was very, very into the idea that I have a destiny, I have something to to explore in, the God, in God's kingdom. And along with him, other couples that they were missionaries in Guatemala and among the Indians, they helped me to develop my devotion life and those type of things. You know, I started learning how to pray, how to read the Bible. And I started attending a church. The name of the church was Iglesia Verbo, Verbo Christian Ministry in Guatemala. It's a very large denomination now in Central America and North America. I am not belong to them any longer, but I have a lot of respect for this this organization. And after three years of training as a missionary by Iglesia Verbo and Gospel Outreach in California, I received my credentials as a deacon of the church. And after four years, I received my credentials as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ and finished my training, and I moved to Brazil as a missionary. And I started planting churches in Brazil, in Rio de Janeiro, and I spent almost 11 years of my life over there. And I tried to pursue more, more education, 
and I didn't know the difference among denominations. I just knocked the door on one denomination, one specific denomination, and they told, I said, you know, I want to, to be educated. And they said, no, we cannot give you the, you cannot do this in this denomination because you don't belong to the denomination. And I didn't know that. And the matter of fact was they, I stopped the idea to pursue my education in that time. But after a few, probably two years after that experience, I started taking some education until I finished my my associate in Bible and in, in, in ministry, mm-hmm. and after that, I finished my I finished my my doctor degree in practical ministry, and I like to study. I like to to, to investigate and everything. When did you meet your wife? Oh, my wife met me. <laughs> she met me. No. I met my wife at the church. She was the secretary of the church. In Brazil? No, in Guatemala. In Guatemala. In Guatemala. And did she follow you in your crazy journey to yes. Brazil? Yes. Yes. <laughs> she she's my she is an amazing woman of God. You know, when Proverbs says that the, when we find a wife you find the good and the benevolence of God mm-hmm. in the favor of God. This is me. I, I am very blessed to be married for 40 years now. We have two kids and seven grandkids. And my son is pastor here in town in Meridian. He's pastor of Legacy Church in Meridian. And my daughter is part of the staff of the church. too. Well, we'll be right back. And we're back again with Beyond the Walls. I'm Tim Flaherty, and of course we have Pastor Israel Rodriguez. I'm learning a lot of things that I didn't know from Edgar in the time that we've met each other. Thank you for blessing us with your testimony and story. And You're welcome. And Lester, thank you for being here with us. I just learned something interesting in the break about Lester. He grew up in Honduras. Lester did. And, uh, you know, tell me just a quick minute here about being a Honduran as a young man? Well, it's very, um, it was a very simple life, to be honest with you. Um, I'm one in 10 siblings, and uh, we grew up in a port, very small port, place that you can walk it in just three hours, I will say, from side to side. Mm-hmm. So uh, one of those places where you know everyone and everybody knows you. It's a very simple lifestyle. What did your family do? Well, actually, my parents, they always lived in the U.S. Oh. So they separated when I was, what, two, three years old. And I literally met my mom physically when I was almost 11 or 12 years old, when she was finally able to to go back to Honduras. And that's when I finally met my mom. Yeah. So who raised you if your mom was? That's my mom's sister, my auntie. Mm-hmm. And this is this is um, a crazy story about that. She is just ten years older than me. Your auntie. Mm-hmm. So you you were one of ten kids raised by a ten year old. Mm-hmm. And who raised the ten year old? Herself. No. Yeah. So I mean, so somebody. literally so literally this is what happened. So my mom decided to come to the U.S. and um, so. And of course, my auntie, she was with her mom at the time. And then my father decided to move to the, to the capital, right? And, and so he took me and my brothers there, and it was just 
us and him. So, but in my auntie's heart, she she said there is no way these kids can be without a motherly figure. So she talked to her mom, my grandmother, and she said, I want to go with the kids dad and I want to help him raise these kids. So she left the school, she left everything behind just because she felt the burden of taking care of us. And grandma said that was okay. Grandma said it was okay. That's incredible. And so it your is. dad, was he traveling? Obviously, it must be for a job. Yeah. Well, actually, um, he had just purchased a land and he just built a literally a cabin. It was just a room. There was no electricity. The flooring was just dirt. There was, if I recall it correctly, there was just one window in that place. It was very rustic wood. If you touch the walls, you'll get splinters in. There were, it, it, it was just outside, outside the city in some little hills. So, but and then he, now this is, it gets crazier. Um, he left about a year or two years after we moved to that place. So my aunt stayed behind with all of us. So my, my dad could come to the U.S., you know, looking for a better future. Well, with that, we're going to say a quick prayer, and we'll, we're going to talk to Lester and Pastor Edgar Nunez next week. Pastor, you got about 30 seconds. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your presence among us and for giving us life, forgiveness of sins, and giving us this transformational power of God unto salvation for he who believes the gospel. We pray as our radio listeners are receiving these stories and these testimonies that they may be encouraged and they can also take their testimony, their gospel, their true story unto others so they can know about Jesus. We thank you and in your name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.